Look who's coming up. Daily coming to you live from the marsh just outside of uh, Edmonton, Alberta, where it's uh, gotten a lot chillier in the last little while um, in this area, which definitely is making it feel more like fall. And you know what that means? That means baseball playoffs. That means the start of the NFL, the start of the NHL, and of course the start of the NBA. So it's the one time where we'll have everything running at the same time. And you'll have to go from two TVs to four TVs in the household to be able to catch it all. All of the action. We'll try to get you all set up on this show when it comes to fantasy and watching sports in general. Here's what we have on the show lined up. Derek Van Deest of Post Media and NHL.com. Uh, working on a deal to get Derek to join us every week. So that will be really exciting. I, I love his passion, his honesty. Uh, he's one of the nicest guys out there, but he's also not afraid to call you out if he disagrees. So only bad thing is he's a Cowboys fan. So we'll talk to him about that. Also, I'll get him to tell the story about why he doesn't play fantasy anymore. Uh, Ray Cotto from all22.com. You're going to like this if you are serious into fantasy football like we are at UFFS. This is a different take on it. And we'll also talk with Ray about the uh, the football season, you know, guys he likes, guys he doesn't, etc., and how you can get involved. Our Dauber Hockey NHL team preview is the Carolina Hurricanes today. Um, I'm I'm always excited about the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, and one of the reasons I threw up the old whale. That's a Jordan Martinuk Whalers jersey uh, that I have there. So we'll feature the Carolina Hurricanes paying tribute to the Canes with the whale. I used to hate that logo as a kid. I don't know why, but it's grown on me. We'll get to our top three question of the day games to watch, and we'll have fake locker room sound. Uh, our spy picked up some sound uh, after the Twins-Yankees game last night. And, of course, I want to say hi to everybody chiming in, watching on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports, you're watching live, obviously, if uh, if that's what you're doing right now. But if you missed anything, and we archive all of our shows on YouTube, just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports on YouTube or wherever you find your favorite podcasts in audio format. So uh, chime in on Twitch. Tell us where you're watching from, uh, what your name is, and what you're into when it comes to fantasy. We start things off every day with a question of the day. Uh, Today's question, after watching uh, Bo Bichette go yard three times yesterday, I thought, why not? Let's ask this question about... Who is the greatest second-generation athlete? So, son or daughter of a professional. 
And there's lots of them out there. There seems to be so many more now. Uh, I don't know if that's because just the skill development is there now. And obviously professional athletes have access to more facilities and things like that. I don't know. It didn't seem like this when I was in the 80s growing up. Like there was a couple of guys and obviously there was brothers, but the offspring of, of NHLers I've noticed. And obviously, you know, you see in, you know, Christian McCaffrey in uh, the NFL. Now we were seeing all kinds. Just look at the Blue Jays. They're full of uh, <laughs> MLB offspring. So who's the greatest second generation athlete, son or daughter? Bo Bichette, three home runs last night for the Blue Jays. Huge boost for Northern Fury as they try to catch the Prairie Wheat Sox in UFLB. And that could have, you know, put somebody over the top. Huge matchup. We'll get to top uh, performances of the night when it comes to uh, fantasy in a second. But, man, that was impressive. So, I'm not sure Bo Bichette's going to make this list, but he was the uh, inspiration for this list. Um, the two, I, I've got two guys. One is Ken Griffey Jr., who, you know, I think is one of the greatest players of all time and obviously got to play with his dad. I think they both hit a home run in the same game. And the other guy I'm going with is Brett Hall. Brett Hall scored 86 goals. The only guy to score more goals in a single season than Brett Hall, or two guys, Mario Lemieux had 87, I believe, and Gretzky had 92. Brett Hall was, you know, a lot of people thought Brett Hall was going to be just kind of a journeyman hockey player. The Flames trade him. He ends up with Adam Oates and boom, 71, 72, 86 goals. Just lit it up. And and we know what the kid did, Ken Griffey Jr. He's one of the uh, names of a division in UFLB. So question I'm asking today is, who is the greatest second generation athlete? Uh, Threw it out on Twitter as well. Love to get your response on this one. Um, as, you know, there's a lot of, of certainly a lot of a lot more options than there used to be. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, kind of a neat, neat question. So we'll get into that. We'll continue that as we go. We'll revisit that uh, throughout the day. Uh, our top three today. Top three quarterback wide receiver stack combos. That's what we're looking for now. Your top three wide receiver quarterback stack combos. Uh, I think Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs is going to be number one on most, if not all of the lists. That's not to say this is the, the the combo that leads everything because lots of things could change. But going into the season, how do you not pick those guys? Josh Allen is the preseason pick for MVP for most people. Diggs was dominant and has been. So probably, you know, if everyone stays healthy and that never happens, this is your best on paper, in my opinion, combo. Now, the number two combo is pretty awesome as well. You had the, the triple crown leader in, in uh, receiving last year in Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, uh, who helped them win a Super Bowl. So that's a pretty good consolation prize if you were going for that. Number three, 
maybe a little wishful thinking for me, but I think this could be deadly. And if you could, you go with like a, a triple threat, then you'd have Darren Waller there as well. But Derek Carr, as we talked to Jamie Thomas yesterday, was a top, one of the top point producers in that and wild AFC West, you know, for, for a good portion of last year when Waller was healthy. Now you give him arguably one of the best receivers in the game. Derek Carr could end up a top five quarterback points wise at the end of the season. I'm not saying he's a number five quarterback in the NFL, but in fantasy and you know, that's such a competitive division. The Raiders could be trailing and you could get a lot of bonus garbage points with Carr and Adams late in games this year. And I'm telling you, people make fun of garbage time wins. Why? They don't ask you how pretty your victory was. Last year in fantasy football, I won the first eight games, lost six straight, then ran the table to win it all. There's nothing, there's no asterisk on the trophy. I just won. That's all it is. That's why Derek Carr, I think, you know, he, he's a guy who could, I think, win a lot of fantasy titles. If everything, you know, works out like it's supposed to be for the Raiders. Which almost never happens for the Raiders, right? Like, when, when have you ever looked at it and said, yeah, that Raiders team is not dysfunctional at all? Not in the last few years, that's for sure. Like, there's been all kinds of problems and terrible things happening. If they could just climb out of this now with talent on the field, Vegas will love them, just like the Golden Knights. I mean, the Golden Knights came in on fire in the National Hockey League. That was great. Okay, um, I want to get to, before we get to uh, some some news and notes, we'll have a little fun here. This is a funny um, video put together by Tua fans in, I'm guessing, Miami. So here's a little fun for you Dolphin fans when it comes to your quarterback. Greetings. The season of retribution is finally upon us. A lot has been said over the last couple of years about Tua Tungabailoa. The haters have been loud and repeating their lies over and over. But the time has come where Tua will get his revenge. First off, all of you Tua non-faithful should give yourselves a pat on the back. Tua is as confident as ever, and that's because of all of you. You followed the off-season deadline perfectly by combating the fake news sports media and also constantly praising Uno and referring to him with proper names such as Big Arm Tua. There is no doubt we have all helped boost his confidence, especially valued new Tuanon member Tyreek Hill. Tyreek went above and beyond with his praise all off-season. You could tell he studied the off-season guideline perfectly. And in the words of Tua's renowned trainer, Nick Hicks, a confident Tua is a Super Bowl contender. Now we have our in-season guideline. If you're looking at your cheat sheet there and you're like, I like that. If you feel strongly about somebody, take them. If you're looking at your cheat sheet there and you're like, I like this guy down here better than this guy, take them. That's just a guideline, the cheat sheet. It's a guideline. You got to go with your instincts. You can't win your league on draft day, but you can lose. It's all about who you pick. And this is the foundation for the season. This isn't your team for the year. This is your foundation. You tweak, 
you pick guys up, you drop guys, you're gonna pick three or four guys that are gonna be absolute duds. Recognize that before they hurt you. And there's gonna be breakout guys every year that you gotta have on your roster that no one's gonna draft. Don't overreact to week one. There'll be guys that play horribly, that are gonna have great seasons, and there are guys that are gonna go nuts who never do anything the rest of the year. Mom, are you ready to go? Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, uh, live on Twitch, or you may be catching it on uh, the replay on our YouTube channel, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. You can also find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, really excited to welcome in our next guest, a guy I've known uh, quite a long time. Enjoy watching and chatting with him at the rink, and I look forward to doing it a lot more this year. It's Derek Van Deest of uh, Post Media and NHL.com. We were just in a rink a while ago, and uh, man, we're going to be back in rinks right away again, DVD, because uh, the, uh, the season is around the corner. Weird, because... There's been so much summer hockey the last couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is the most I've spent in an arena. Because uh, I went to the Memorial Cup, and I was there, I think, until June 29th. And then I was hoping to take some time off in August. And, of course, we had the World Juniors here. And then I was back at the downtown community arena this weekend talking to some guys at the Oak Kings training camp starting up again. And then the Oilers are starting their informal skates this week. And then you got rookie camp next week. So, yeah. I guess uh, it's you know basically spent the entire year at the rink. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild, and and hopefully we get back to a normal schedule for the sake of the players, and then they you know they're looking at World Cups and everything. Like this has been, it seems like three four years of just straight running. When you think about the bubble that you obviously experienced and all that stuff, like it just seems like it's been. It's it reminds me of the Davis Cup. You know how the Davis Cup never seems to end. It's like yeah, this has yeah. been like a four year NHL season. Yeah, it has been. It's been weird, and it almost it, it seems a little bit surreal uh, now that thinking back to the bubble and then thinking back to the entire season without any fans, and then actually the World Juniors felt it a little bit like that too with some of those yeah. games that no one was coming to. It felt like you were in the bubble. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we get a semblance of back to normal this year. We'll be traveling with the team again this year. We're just kind of working out the travel schedule. Um, so hopefully things go well and, and it's not disrupted again by, by COVID. Of course, um, you know, just uh, it's it's been interesting to see. I'm not sure what the situation is with the locker rooms yet. I'm not sure if the owners going to open up the locker room or if the team's going to open up the locker room or if we get back access to that. But uh, it'll be nice to have some, some semblance of, of normalcy again uh, with the season and, and just being it back to the way it was before COVID. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know, as as it's a it's a simple thing that people in you know media might not understand, but a Zoom interview compared to sitting there talking to a guy in a one-on-one -on -one situation, people don't realize the difference in the information you can sometimes get. Oh, it's completely different. It's like night and day. When you're when you're talking to a guy, you're talking like they they just they just feel more comfortable around you. They get to know you. They know who you are. Uh, when you're on a Zoom call, you're just another face on a screen. And I think that's that's really important when it comes to developing relationships with these players and, and, and trying to get the best stories out of them. That's what, that's what we're looking to do is we're just trying to get the best stories out of them. We just don't want the, 
the, I guess, canned stock quotes that they have after games and things like that is when you really get to know a guy and really get to understand him is when you get a chance to sit down and talk to him in their locker room and with them. And they usually don't have, they don't have their guard up as they would when there may be three or four players around them or three or four media guys around them. So I think that, you know, that's the thing that I think we miss most is just that interaction with players. And we had it a little bit, Dean, you and I, we were down at the World Juniors. We had it a little bit with players when they brought a guy in and you talked to him by yourself and you were, or there was one or two of us that was able to talk to him. And they really kind of opened up and they told us some good stories. And uh, I think the best story at the World Juniors was uh, the Czechs were telling us about Laddie Smead coming into the dressing room and, and giving them a pep talk after they beat the United States. And he stepped on the logo and, and ended up finding him. Um, I think they talked to Smead about it. I think they find him 2,000 crones. Which is about a hundred bucks. Smead said. He said, "Yeah, I, he said it wasn't a smart movie. He accidentally stepped on the logo they had placed on the floor, and, and he got fined for it." So I thought that was a pretty funny story. Yeah, th- those are things that probably don't come out in Zoom. And and we talk about you know hockey players being really buttoned down and and they're they're kind of bred and trained to not give away too much, and that doesn't happen in conference calls or scrums very often. It's the the sort of the one on one chats that you get, and you find out some really cool things. Um, how about the, uh, you know, last time we talked to you, it was uh, Patrick Kane rumors, and, you know, those are, I guess, still out there, although they've died down a little bit. Now there's the Jake Vertanen uh, possibility. The Oilers are, are one of the teams, apparently, that's interested in bringing in Vertanen on a PTO. Where do you think he lands? Do you think he's the Oilers need Jake Vertanen? Do you think there's an NHL team that will bring Jake Vertanen in? I think they will. Uh, I think they will bring him in. I think... Um... You know, I think he's an NHL player, uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. You can never have enough depth up front, I, I, in my opinion. You can never have enough quality NHL players. And I think uh, the problem with the Oilers is that they have to. There's still six million dollars over the cap, and so it, it, they just signed Ryan Murray to a really a, a, a incredibly low contract. You look at yeah. Ryan Murray. This guy was a second overall pick when, they, when the Oilers were about to take. The Oilers almost took him first overall, and. They, and had they listened to their scouts, they probably would have taken him first overall. But I think we all know the story where the owner seemed to uh, overrule their scouts and he went with Yakupov. Yakupov is obviously no longer in the league. And Murray's kind of hasn't worked out the way a lot of people thought. A lot of people thought he would come and be this number one defenseman. He could work playing your blue line for 10, 12 years. And he just didn't work out that way. So to get him at, at, at that price point, is, is he, if he still has that potential, I know he's been struggling with injuries a lot, he has he can he can still do it. So Vertanen is a guy that interesting guy. You, you can bring him in depending on the price point, um, but you still have to make some room for him. And I think he's a guy that can help you on your depth. Um, but yeah, the owners still are, are they got to find solutions for six million dollars. I know obviously some of that will go on long term uh, um, IR when it comes to Smith and and Oscar Kleffbaum, but they're still up against the cap, so there's still got to be some wiggle room here. They still got to make some moves uh, to bring in a free agent like that. Yeah, for sure, and and especially if they're even remotely still wanting to get in the uh, the Patrick Kane sweepstakes and stuff. So something is going to have to happen. Uh, and and Vertanen, uh, or rather, you you mentioned Ryan Murray, and I agree. I you know I wish they would have taken it because Murray and Nugent Hopkins at the same agent. It just seemed like a better fit. But he's here now, better late than never. Uh, Sam Gagne is another guy that was talked about. He ends up in Winnipeg, and I was chatting with Jamie Thomas there, and I, I think Sam Gagne in Winnipeg will do the exact same thing that he was going to do in Edmonton, be a mentor, not get upset if he's benched, and, and provide experience for that team. Yeah, Sam Gagne came into the league as a 
top six forward as a guy that the owners were hoping would be part of that. Uh, you know what? I've lost count of rebuilds now, Dean. I think it's the first <laughs> rebuild or the second rebuild. Whatever rebuild that Sam Gagne was part of, and him as Cogliano were, were supposed to be part of that rebuild. Um, but now he's really kind of extended his career as a depth guy, as a role guy. Uh, and you're right, as a mentor, as a guy that can help some of those younger kids, show them how to be professionals. And I think a lot of, a lot of people talk about that, is that you need those mentorships to show these these young kids that are they're coming into the league at a younger and younger age. And so you need to get someone there to kind of show them how to do the everyday things, how to be the everyday professionals, how to, how to live that life, uh, that, that NHL life and be, get the most out of that career. And I think Sam Gagne is a good guy to do that. Um, and, and this is a guy that, again, uh, you signed in Winnipeg, but who knows come trade deadline, you may need some character players on your team and you may need some guys that can chip in. And he might be one of those guys. And I know he's always been a fan favorite here in Edmonton. Uh, they were disappointed when he got traded away uh, the, sec- the first time. Disappointed he got traded away the second time. So um, it, there's always a possibility there. But there's always going to be room on rosters for guys like that. Especially when you have a younger team. Especially when you have young guys that can be mentored. Which is the case in Winnipeg right now. So Vancouver, big signing with JT Miller. A lot of people thought there was going to be a trade there. Do you expect there still to be a trade in Vancouver? Is, is somebody have to go? You know, is that Bo Horvat who needs to be signed? And, you know, if you were looking at it, what would you do in Vancouver? I don't know if they're going to be able to fit everybody. And I think somebody's going to have to go with JT Miller signing that long extension. Yeah, they're going to have to make some room there. But I think Vancouver's, I think their window's still open. And you look at Vancouver, what they did in the bubble, they upset, the, they, 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 they had a first-round upset in the bubble. We saw that there. And they're supposed to be building from there. And I think they've taken a couple of steps back since then. But I think the pieces are still there in Vancouver. They still have some talented pieces. They have strong goaltending. They have a good back end. Um, and, and I think you're looking at that team and if I'm Vancouver, I'm looking at that Pacific Division going, okay, well, you know, Anaheim's not going to be very good. L.A., they're not going to be great. Calgary, take a step back, uh, losing their two best players. Obviously, the Oilers are still there. So you're looking at that division going, you know, we could make a run at this division. We could, we could really contend in this division. So I think they do have to make some room to, to fit some players in. But I, I don't think they're, they're selling off assets right now. I, I think they're looking at ways to keep their assets uh, and, and keep competitive because I think this window in Vancouver has opened and I think it opened probably a little sooner than they expe- expected winning winning that playoff uh, series in the bubble but I think it's still there and I think they're heading in the right direction and especially when you look at the Pacific Division there is opportunity there with the other teams still kind of in the middle of their rebuilds. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about the, uh, the Western Conference this year and just looking at kind of individual like I wonder you know, who's going to lead this conference in goals. Jack Eichel in the conference for another full season. Um, you know, I think Bob predicted both McDavid and Dreisaitl to get 50 goals, which would be uh, pretty awesome. Kyle Connor is a guy that, you know, is going to want to be knocking on 50. And and and, and who knows who, who we haven't talked about. But there seems to be a lot more. And, and you know, guys are scoring 100 points and 50 goals and 60 goals. So it's, it's fun to see again. And now we have some more choices, like, uh, you know, guys that, could lead the Western Conference in goal scoring. There's a lot of candidates. Well, you got Jonathan Huberto in the Western Conference now too. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, there's a guy, right? There's a guy that got 100 points last year, and he's supposedly going into his prime. And, and he was excited about going to Calgary, signed a long-term deal there, got a lot of money based on that really good season. So there's going to be high expectations on him. But yeah, here's another guy that's really talented. A great season in Florida. 
and now he's going to Calgary, and, and that's another guy that you throw in the mix. So I think the Western Conference and the Pacific Division in particular is going to be a high-octane division. There's going to be a lot of goals being scored in that division, basically because some teams are still rebuilding, and, and they're going to have trouble keeping the puck out of the net, and, and, and other reasons because teams like Edmonton, like Vancouver, like Calgary will have that offensive dynamic flair. I'm really kind of interested to see what happens in Vegas, whether or not they can, can maintain that 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 window, you know, Vegas, they took a different approach. They basically signed every big big free agent on the market that came out there, and now you're you're wondering whether or not they can maintain that level. They're going to need a goalie because they lost their goalie uh, out for the year. So uh, it'd be interesting to see. I, I'm curious to see what happens in Vegas with with all those veterans, whether they still have a lot of gas in their tank. But I think it's going to be a really really fun year in the Pacific Division. Just I, there's going to be so many goals scored in this division, and, and teams are just going to be running and gunning, I think. I think it's just awesome that, you know, we, we get to see uh, Eichel and McDavid in in the same uh, atmosphere a lot. And, you know, like, uh, you, you have to ask yourself, is anybody going to challenge Connor McDavid for the scoring title? Could it be a Jack Eichel playing with Mark Stone and some others, better best line mates he, he's ever had? I, do you see anybody taking a serious run at Connor McDavid for the scoring title? Or is it like the 80s where you just you know, start engraving his name at the start of the year. Well, actually, I think the only way someone threatens McDavid with the scoring title is if McDavid gets hurt. If, if, if somehow he, he misses, he doesn't have to miss a lot of games. If he misses 10, 15, 20 games in the year and, and he gets his schedule shortened, then I think other players have an opportunity. If, if McDavid's only playing 55 to 60 games and other players are playing 82, that's how you catch him. I don't think if he plays 82 games, I don't think anyone's catching him. I think McDavid will get 50. I think he'll push the 150-point barrier. I think he's just he's such a dynamic player, and he's still reaching his prime. That's what the scary part about McDavid and Drysdale are, is that they're still two or three years away from their prime. They're just getting there. And then I think this year, the Ken Holland's done a good job of surrounding them with talent, surrounding them with, with a good supporting cast, so not all the pressure is on them to score every night. I think in the last couple of years, if McDavid and Drysdale didn't score – and the owners weren't winning games. And I think that's kind of changing. There's going to be a shift to that a little bit. I think it, there's not going to be that, that much pressure on them to score every night. But saying that, they're still the two most dynamic players in hockey, whether you play them together or you play them apart. Um, they're going to score a lot of points. And to me, the only way McDavid doesn't win the scoring race is, is if he loses 10 or 15 games uh, due to injury. Who do you think challenges Austin Matthews for the Rocket Richard? I think Leon Dreisaitl is going to take a run at it again. I think he will, and I think Leon Dreisaitl, um, he took issue with not winning it last year. And, and then you got to understand, Matthews is just another guy that's kind of reaching his prime. Can Matthews get 60 goals this year if he stays healthy? Yeah, you know, that's, that's obviously a possibility. He's probably one of the best finishers in the game right now, and you put mm -hmm. him up there with, with Alex Ovechkin, and you put him up there with Leon Dreisaitl, and, and just the shots and their ability to, to kind of finish finish opportunities. All all All... Austin Matthews needs a half a look and you'll put it in the net and just that's how accurate his shooting is so but yeah I think Leon Dreisaitl that'll be a goal for him that'll be he say hey he can Leon Dreisaitl believes he can score 60 goals and he thinks he can match up with Austin Matthews and you know McDavid wants him to win that as well so I think that's going to be a really interesting race but you got to wonder what has Ovechkin got left in the tank like does he does he have another 35 40 goals in him um you know how long can he be playing at that level um so and there's and there's other guys as well but um, I think it'll be really tough. Uh, Austin Matthews is just 
just his ability to finish. And if again, if he stays healthy, I, I can see him getting 60 goals this year. So Patrick Kane rumors, uh, last time we talked to you, we talked about it. They seem to have died down. You, you still think that this is going to happen at some point, or do you think this is going to be an in-season? I think it has to be in-season because just right now, it's, it's what is the salary cap? $10.5 million, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Is that his hit or something yeah. like that? So if the owners are going to fit him under their cap, one, like I said, they're zero six million million over, then you'd have to ask Chicago to take half of that salary and. I don't know, does Chicago want to eat $5 million? Do you have to make a three-way kind of deal or something like that? I don't even know if that's allowed anymore. Um, so there have to be a lot of maneuvering, and I'm sure if Chicago says, well, we're going to eat $5 million, but you got to send us a really good young prospect. So would the owners be willing to part with a Broberg or uh, you know some of these kind of younger guys, a Reed Schaefer or uh, Dylan Holloway, uh, to bring Kane in here? And I think that's what it would cost them. It would cost them that. And then uh, you'd have to still move Puliarvi that $3 million. You have to move mm-hmm. a couple other contracts as well. So it'd be tough to get in here. But I think this is a situation where if Kane doesn't sign somewhere else or he doesn't get traded to somewhere else, I think at the end of this or midway through the season or towards the trading deadline, yeah, this is a guy that by, by then his salary won't be as high. And you can kind of move him in and you can kind of move some pieces to, to make room for him. But right now, unless Chicago says, yeah, we'll take 50% of that salary, um, and if they don't, then it's going to be really, really tough to fit him in under the salary cap. All right. Uh, lastly, uh, you're a Cowboys fan. You used to play fantasy. Uh, tell me why you don't play fantasy anymore. It's, 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 it's quite common and quite funny. It is funny. I, I played in this. Uh, so I was, I was invited into this fantasy league, and I, I kind of dabbled in fantasy for a little bit. Um, but I, I was invited to play in this fantasy league. Uh, basically, it was a keeper fantasy league. You kept your team, and, and it was it was you know pretty complex. It was, it was a lot of fun. But the issue with me is that um, I kept forgetting to set my rosters. And I, and I remember this was this was just at the start. They didn't have the the Thursday night game every week, so they have a Thursday night game every other you know every now and then. So it wasn't it was before they started playing Thursday nights, and so. I'd go on Saturday to set my roster. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to set my roster. And then I realized I was locked out because it was a Thursday game. And I don't remember how many times that happened. Or, or I'd go Saturday night and, and, oh, no, there's a Saturday game. So you can't set your roster. And, and it, it would upset so many guys because they would take it pretty seriously. And it would upset guys, not necessarily the guy I was playing. The guy I was playing, hey, that's great. You forgot to set yeah. your roster. You got three guys on the bench. That's awesome. It was the other guys in the league that were upset, were fighting for playoff spots and things like that. And they were taking it very seriously, and then they were upset that every time I came up and I forgot to set my roster on a Thursday, just for whatever, whether I was on the road or doing something with the order, you just kind of slipped your mind. So finally, you know, my good friend said to me, listen, uh, there's someone that's kind of interested in your spot. I was like, yeah, let them have it because uh, I know the guys were upset. They are mad, and I was tired of getting the angry emails about, hey, set your roster because you kind of you're, you're screwing me over here by not setting your roster. So I thought that was quite funny. But – uh, you know, fantasy, it was interesting because you, you watch the games a lot differently than you would mm-hmm. if you just cheer for a team. And I think that that's kind of what makes it interesting or makes it fun. So I can totally see the appeal. Uh, I just wish I had more time to dedicate to it. No doubt. Well, uh, down the road, we'll talk about your Cowboys and whether this is the year. Uh, a lot of people picking Dak as a top five quarterback, so maybe they can get it done. Hopefully. It's funny. You can't. It's tough to get a read in preseason. I don't think Dak had yeah. a snap in preseason. So, you know, and I don't think Ezekiel Elliott uh, had a carry. So uh, preseason is really weird now. Before it used to be with the guys who would play a couple of, of games and kind of get their timing back. Now it's just, 
it's seeming like the three games, they just want nothing to do with it. And they got all the guys trying to make the team. That's what they use that three games for evaluation. I'm pretty sure it'll go down to two games soon, like the CFL, mm-hmm. and they'll tune the 18-week schedule because if these guys don't want to bother playing in those games, like it almost seems like a waste of time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I think they, they got a good team. They look loaded. Hopefully they, they stay injury-free. And, and I, I'm a big fan of Dak, so I think he can uh, – he can do a lot of damage this year. That offensive line still looks strong, and then you still got uh, Zeke, Zeke Elliott running the ball. So th- there's a lot of weapons for him to use, and I think uh, the Cowboys are going to be – they're going to look good this year, but it's the Cowboys. So they always find a way to disappoint you sometimes. All right, DVD. Thanks so much. That was a great chat. I can't wait to do it again. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Take care. There's uh, Derek Van Deest of Post Media and NHL.com. Covers the league. Uh, he's covered things from the Stanley Cup to the World Cup. Uh, he's been everywhere. Great guy. Love chatting with him. Always get uh, the straight goods uh, from uh, Derek Van Deest and, and no wishy-washy. That's what I love. I just, you know, you, you get a, an opinion. It's a strong opinion. But he's not a jerk about it. He's a really nice guy. And a lot of people could learn that you can still have strong opinions and you don't have to piss everybody off all the time. So good stuff with DVD. We'll try and get him on. Uh, every week if we can, if he is uh, available for us. Love chatting. Love chatting with him at the rink. Uh, and, uh, you know, what the fun thing is that that rink is downtown. You go cover a game, you can go to one of the nice pubs in the uh, downtown area that we have now. There's some some good ones. So looking forward to, uh, you know, th- that used to happen a lot more in small town. DVD would know about this. He worked in Medicine Hat. When I worked in Red Deer and Regina and Brandon, the media, and we always got together after. It doesn't happen as much in the big cities, so maybe we'll have to bring that tradition back of getting everybody out for a pop or something like that after the uh, contest. When we return, we're going to do something called Fake Locker Room Sound. We have a little bit of fun with this. We used to do it on TSN 1260. So that is coming up next. We snuck a microphone into the Minnesota Twins locker room yesterday. So that will be the theme. We'll also get into some sleepers for this year's NFL season. We'll revisit our top three question of the day and much more. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports.
It is 4.45 Eastern Time. My name is Dean Millard. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily here on uh, our Twitch channel. Also, these are uploaded to YouTube and uh, put out in audio podcast format for you to listen to as well. Just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, by the way, some guest updates uh, for you for the rest of this week. As mentioned, we're going to try and get DVD on the program once a week. Andy McNamara will join us every week. Jamie Thomas will join us every week. Uh, Larry Fisher will join us every week. We're just getting uh, sorted out. few others as well. Uh, tomorrow, Matt Bove, who covers the Buffalo Bills, is going to drop by the show right off the top of the show to chat about the Bills and the Thursday night game. That's going to be a lot of fun. And on Thursday, Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender, now with Daily Faceoff, is going to join the show. Been chatting with Mike on Twitter for a couple of years, uh, so it's uh, I'm looking forward to that. I love his opinions. I you know I love his personality, his humor. Uh, so yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe we can get that guy uh, worked out weekly. You know, we want to bring as many great guests to you guys on this show as possible. Uh, give you as as much fantasy information as you need. Andy Mack says. I love that studio, Dean. Lots of great memorabilia. I like it too. My wife, not so much, but it's uh, it's fun to to pick different jerseys. Maybe we'll have to have like a a poll question to pick the jerseys. Andy Max says Bills have to be the AFC Super Bowl favorites. Of course, I think of course. I I think the Bills, they're they're the certainly the best team in that division, and. There, now, there's going to be some, the, the AFC West is going to be awesome, but the Bills, you're right, Andy. I think they have to go in as the uh, the preseason favorite. Prestige Worldwide Sports saying Broncos going to win the Super Bowl. Child, please. Yeah, I, I don't know where that's coming from. The Broncos winning the Super Bowl? No. Yeah, Prestige Worldwide says, you heard it here first. Yeah, because nobody else is saying that. Here's the amount of people, other than Prestige Worldwide, saying the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. 0.0. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Totally your opinion. All right, my opinion on some uh, NFL sleepers to take a look at it, to take a look at uh, as you're going. Now, obviously, some of these guys are going to be uh, waiver wire pickups, and some of them you're going to maybe go out and trade for. If your draft is still happening, like, that's pretty cool. Maybe you can look at some of these guys. So... You know, you look at a guy like Christian Kirk. Just on the amount of targets and, and the amount of action, Kirk could work his way close to the top 40. He's probably like a... Or top 20, sorry. He probably is like a top 40 right now. 
but he could maybe d- d- get back into the deeper top 20. Remember, there's no DeAndre Hopkins to take away catches. So volume alone, Christian Kirk is going to get some action. How about Khalil Herbert? Running back in Chicago. There's a new sheriff in town for Chicago. They have nothing when it comes to rewarding David Montgomery or loyalty. Herbert did not play in, in, you know, in spite of the fact that he was good in rookie camps. And so there's talk that Herbert is going to be ahead. You know, maybe they start off ride-sharing, but I think Khalil Herbert could emerge as the number one guy. Drake London, he is a, I've seen this guy a lot in uh, this sort of category. Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter? So, does that inspire confidence? I guess this is a sleeper. The only good thing about that is the Falcons are going to suck, and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot late. Kyle Pitts and London are going to be the two big targets, and so they are going to end up with these with lots of garbage points. Again, garbage times wins fantasy. And you can get these guys. Like, you can get either one of those guys late. David Njoku, a t- tight end, nine yards per target last year. And he played in every snap in the uh, the first game in first week. So you know this guy is going to get playing time. Then he rested. Austin Hooper is gone. That means David Njoku is going to be the man. And he's hopefully going to uh, take advantage of it. Like there are there are articles I've read where David Njoku is like the the target tight end that guys are going after. Jarek McKinnon, another running back in KC. It's going to be interesting what happens with the Chiefs. I've had Clyde Edwards-Alaire in fantasy for a few years. Uh, His rookie season was great, but he has not been the... Well, actually, his rookie season was good. But I just thought that there was going to be so much more out-of-the-backfield action. And... CEH has been a disappointment in Kansas City. Stellar was excellent in the postseason. So if you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I would recommend picking up Jarek McKinnon as the handcuff because at some point it's going to happen. And we just talked to Derek Van Deest about the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Gallup is interesting. He's not going to play in week one, but he is a guy that, and he actually, he might not play for the first four weeks or three weeks, but if you can fit this guy into your roster and just leave him there, you are going to be the benefactor 
in a few weeks. No Amari Cooper. That was the number one option. Cedric Wilson is gone. Gallup is going to get a lot of targets when he gets back. So if you can, if you have the room to throw this guy on your roster, just sit on him. Sit on it, Potsy. That's what you do. You sit on it, Potsy. So there's a little sleepers for you. We'll get back to the chat here. Andy Max says, I'm telling you, don't sleep on Najoku at tight end. Read my Sportsnet article. Link on Twitter at AndyMacMC81. On why Jacoby Brissett in 2017 with the Colts gives Jadoku a big upside. There we go. I was just talking about that, guys. So there we go. Andy Mack chiming in with live fantasy advice. Love it. Larry says, Larry Fisher says, DVD sounded like the Oilers are penciling in Vertanen. But he might be holding out and hoping for a contract offer like Gagne instead of accepting a PTO. It's a good fit if he signs for league minimum 750k, especially if they're moving Fogel for cap space. If I'm Jake for I, listen, I, I don't. I'm not offering Jake for ten in a contract. If I'm an NHL team, I would offer him a PTO and see how he fits. See how he works out. Yeah, he was he was proven innocent or not found not guilty or whatever for his sexual assault. Uh, that doesn't mean that this player hasn't had some issues, and you got to be careful. It's PTO or nothing if I'm an NHL team and Jake Vertanen. The Kamikaze and UFHL is hoping it happens because they got him on the roster and held on to him. Larry says, one nice thing about total points format versus head-to-head is you never have to worry about others screwing you by not setting their lineups. They are only screwing themselves in total points for shame dvd yeah we should ring that shame bell for dvd shame 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 andy mack cooper target one then najoku is number two so here you go fantasy uh advice from andy mack very cool Sorry, I think we went offline. I think we might have went offline there. My thing said uh, the uh, the stream was offline, so I apologize if if we did or if that was just me. So anyway, there's uh, my sleeper picks uh, for this year: Christian Kirk of the Jags, Khalil Herbert of the uh, Bears, running back Drake London, Falcons wide receiver. They're going to be behind Najoku. You just heard from Andy Mack, Jarek McKinnon in. Uh, the Chiefs, especially if you have Clyde Edwards there and Michael Gallup, receiver, Cowboys. Like, Michael Gallup's going to have to have a super season if Dak is a top-five quarterback. Who did we talk to the other day? Oh, it was uh, Phil Beavis, who thinks Dak's a top-five quarterback for uh, fantasy. Gallup's going to get a lot of targets if that is indeed going to happen. Okay. Let's get to our fake locker room sound now. Uh, And then we'll duck out for a uh, quick break and we'll bring in uh, a really, really fun guest that we're going to uh, 
chat with uh, today about uh, more football than fantasy. Uh, that's kind of their tagline, Ray Cotto of all22.com. Uh, but before we do that, we need to get to our uh, fake locker room sound. And that's where uh, spies that we have drop a microphone into a locker room and bring us the sound. Sometimes it's that night, that day, sometimes it's the day after. This is the, the sound we got from Twins manager Rocco Baldelli after they lost to the Yankees. Like, the, the, somebody scored a run for the Yankees for the first time in five days. The Twins had this Yankee team, and the Twins need to win. They need to get into the playoffs. They're, they're not getting in. Uh, it's either them or the Guardians. They're not getting in on a wild card spot. So Rocco Baldelli, he was not happy yesterday. Get out. Is losing fun? Is losing fun? No. What are you having fun for? That's what losing sounds like. Rocco Baldelli, not happy that the uh, twins were dancing on the uh, tables. Also, R.I.P. Jason Giambi in that movie. The guy dancing on the table uh, when uh, Billy Bean walked in. All right, so that's fake locker room sound. We have a little fun with that uh, every uh, once a week, uh, different things, and we can always bring in some other stuff as well. When we come back, though, uh, we're going to get into some really cool more football than fantasy talk. Uh, something I think you're really uh, going to get into, especially if, you know, if you're like us and you love, like, realistic, high-end fantasy. Yeah, well, we love it at Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. You're going to love All22. I'm going to tell you about All22.com. Ray Cotto is going to join us. It is very cool. We'll talk, of course, some fantasy football, and then we'll tell you about this wicked um, setup that they have. It is very, very cool. Uh, in the meantime, I'll get Ray all set up. Uh, give me uh, about uh, 30 to 60 seconds, and we'll be back right after this.
right, uh, we are into the second hour of the show. That means we're that much closer to the start of the NFL season. I mean, the college football season uh, got off to a pretty fun and wild start, ended last night, or the, the first week ended last night. I, I got confused with, like, uh, week zero and uh, then the first week, but... Uh, college football was a nice little appetizer. Uh, Thursday night, Rams, Bills, the uh, real thing. And I think uh, everybody is certainly excited about that. Certainly, we here at Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports are. And I know uh, the, the gang and the team over at All22 is as well. Ray Cotto joining me on the program right now. Ray, thanks very much for joining me on the program. Is it hard to sleep for you guys with the football season uh, so close right now? Hey, hey, Dean, thanks for having us. And yeah, it actually is um, <laughs> for many different reasons. But yeah, the excitement of of the season coming up and, you know, right around the corner. It's, it's awesome. You're actually counting down the quote unquote sleeps before the NFL kickoff. It's, it's the best time of year. So yeah, it's, it's great to be here. It's a great time of year and yeah, can't wait. Just keep that clock tick until, uh, till kickoff Thursday night. No kidding. It is, it is really the best time of the year. I find, I mean, you're, you're going to get all four sports of the major four sports and Soccer seems to play forever, so that's going on at the same time. I mean, everything is is happening right now. The U.S. Open is just wrapping up. It builds so much excitement. You know, as much as I, you know, I'm in, in northern Alberta, so as much as I love summer and our winters can be really cold, uh, this fall time of the year, just it's it's almost impossible not to get excited no matter what sport you follow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's, it's like right as soon as September 1st hits, you know, that, and the leaves start changing and it's like mother nature's like, you must watch football. You know, I'm changing the leaves for you. I'm going to make it nice and cold. So you have a reason to not want to leave the house and go outside and do yard work so you can stay in and watch as much football as possible. So I think it's, you know, the universe coming together and, and telling everyone it's, it's time. It's football season. It's here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we're going to talk about all 22 and how cool that is in a second. But let's just uh, talk a little general football and some fantasy. Uh, we did our uh, our top three today was our uh, quarterback wide re- receiver stacks. And I'm not sure many people are going to argue with the the number one there. Maybe there, there can be. But these are my three. And, and Carr Adams, maybe uh, people aren't on that train as much. I'm a Raiders fan, so I threw that in there. But your thoughts on uh, the wide receiver quarterback stacks and, you know, maybe a few others that you would throw in there as well. Yeah, I think that list is fine. I think two and three is more debatable than Allen and Diggs. I think they've mm-hmm. established themselves and they've solidified themselves as the, as the top duo uh, in Buffalo. It's definitely high flying out there with, with Stafford and Cup in LA. I know Stafford has been kind of dealing with some sort of injury or something, you know, this summer. So you're not sure how that'll quite affect him. And then also it's not so much, Stafford or Cup so much as now you're throwing Allen Robinson into the mix there who everyone forgets how good he is right and so he's going to take away a lot of 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 targets in a good way of course um, from Stafford and that might diminish that uh, Stafford Cup stack uh, per se you do have the whole uh, David Carr and Devontae Adams being college teammates and the chemistry there Um, I I do think another one and it's People don't think about it because most people just, you know, they see uh, maybe the Cowboys taking a step back as a whole this offseason, but Dak and and CeeDee Lamb, right? I mean, Mm. who else is going to actually garner targets 
in Dallas, right? Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup is coming off an ACL injury from late last season. He's not 100%. He's, he, he's probably not playing week one or maybe the first few weeks of the season. So we'll see when he even comes back. So the next one up is a rookie, Jalen Tolbert. So you know a veteran like Dak is going to really target and force feed someone like CeeDee Lamb, who he's now had for a couple of years. And I think over the past couple of years with the weapons they did have in Dallas, they really just spread the ball around and didn't make it a focal point of their offense to say, we have to make sure we get the ball in this player's hands, whether that was Cooper or Lamb or Gallup, depending on matchup. They just said, hey, we're going to run our offense and wherever it takes us, it takes us. I think now they have to switch that up a bit and you're going to really see uh, Lamb get some more targets there, which if, if you're stacking those two, you know the yards and touchdowns are going to come for Dak, right? The offense is there. And Lamb, I think, is going to be the biggest beneficiary of that. So I think if there's a contender to add to this list, it's probably Dak and Lamb. Yeah, I like that as well. And, and I like that you mentioned uh, Michael Gallup. He was uh, – uh, we did – I threw up some sleepers. And, and I threw him on there just because he's a stash guy, right? Like you, like you said, he's coming off injuries, not playing week one. I don't know if he's always going to play in the first three weeks. If you can afford to stash him at, when he comes back, if you know if if it goes to true to your prediction and CD Lamb and and Dak get all this chemistry and Gallup comes back, they're going to need you know somebody to take the pressure off of CD Lamb. So I think he's a sleeper that you need down the road. Uh, the rest of these guys uh, could do some damage. I know uh, our our one of our big NFL guys, Andy McNamara, loves David Njoku with with the Browns. But your thoughts on these guys, and and I'm sure you have some other names for the sleeper candidate that everybody always wants to know right people think this is you know you can make the right picks uh with number one and two and three rounds but sometimes sleepers can put you over the top yeah so i'm actually hoping that uh that njoku uh prediction is correct just for my the sake of my scott fishbowl team this year uh basically got wiped at tight end before i was able to even make a, a dent in the depth chart so i'm relying on him to produce some points and uh we'll see right i mean you have the uh, Jacoby Brissett uh, era there and uh, until Watson comes back in, in Cleveland. So we'll see just sort of what that offense looks like if they rely more on the tight end as a result, because uh, you know they are going to run the ball, but maybe those those shorter sort of intermediate routes to the tight end uh, will be a focal point there. Um, and then outside of that, I'm not even sure. I mean, maybe I love him so much that he's a sleeper to others, but he's not to me. But to me, I think Chase Edmonds is a huge sleeper. I think he could be a league winner this year uh, in leagues. I just love that that offense. Uh, I'm a big Mike McDaniel stand um, coming from, you know, that whole Shanahan tree and just the way they, you know, it's so running back friendly and there's so many weapons that are just going to have to, that defenses are going to have to allow to breathe, right? I mean, between Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you're not going to have many stacked boxes or safeties looking uh, to, to defend the run there early on. So um, I really think that's a, that's a great situation. And I think Edmonds, when he's had his limited touches earlier on in his career, he's been extremely efficient. So I think he really has a huge opportunity to take the, uh, the, the majority of snaps there in Miami and just run with it in a running back friendly offense with a lot of weapons that could score a lot of points as long as two is even just competent or adequate or whatever word you want to use um, in, in being a good bus driver for that offense. I think there's some huge dividends to be had there from someone like Chase Edmonds. 
the uh, yeah the 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 rookie um, veteran dynamic that plays out on uh, so many teams is is so interesting, and I don't know if it's any more interesting than in San Francisco, which has been talked a lot about uh, with their situation. I I went on record uh, last week. I said Jimmy G is going to do something important for the 49ers at some point this year. I'm not saying he's going to take over and be the starting quarterback, but at some point he's going to come in and help this 49ers season what do you think yeah I think sometimes people in the offseason right if you're a hardcore fan and and you know you follow everything you you kind of have an image in your head of how the season's gonna go right oh okay you know Trey Lance sat for a year and now it's his time and that's it and and Jimmy G disappears forever right I'm not a huge Jimmy G fan but NFL the NFL is messy things happen injuries suspensions what I mean it's just People forget the craziness of the NFL. Like, <laughs> I mean, just think back to the last game, you know, when it came down to basically the entire world rooting for a tie between like the, the, the Raiders and the Chargers, right? And, and how that whole thing shaped out. And that was just one of many. We saw how the, the first couple of rounds of the playoffs really shook out. And just the NFL is a crazy business. The season is long. It's messy. Things happen. And when you have... Uh, a young quarterback that has not fully established himself uh, in an offense, right? And there is a veteran quarterback presence there that we now know is not leaving. When things get messy and you know the nature of coaches and how they like to sort of fall back on what they know, what they're comfortable with, Jimmy G, while he may not be great, might provide some of that comfort. And so, yeah, you could see it's not far-fetched to see a scenario where the 49ers are really counting on him at a critical point in the season whether that's late, early, or just, you know, in the dog days of October and November. So, yeah, I think it's it's absolutely a very realistic scenario and something you could see bear out, even if uh, Trey Lance is the answer long-term. Yeah, and if Trey Lance struggles a little bit, there's going to be a lot of veterans saying, give me my Jimmy G, like give me the guy who knows, you know, that there's going to be a lot of that talk if there's some uh, early struggles. Um, all right, let's talk about all 22 uh so more football than fantasy i love that that tagline uh but you can check it out www.all-22.com we love fantasy football realism and and, you know uh, in our platform we try to have 32 franchises rosters you guys are, are are doing something similar when it comes to realism but different than anything i've ever seen explain all22.com yeah, thanks. So All22 is the first and only fantasy football platform that we actually use uh, PFF grades as a main component of our scoring instead of yards, catches, touchdowns, interceptions, right? And so by using those, those grades for our scoring, that allows us to incorporate every player on the field, hence All22. That includes offensive linemen, um, you know, every defensive player that's on the field, and, uh, you know, so some might be familiar with IDP, but uh, we also have a positional weight assigned to every position because obviously the performance of your quarterback is, is more important than that of your center, for example, right? That's kind of the common example there. So each position is assigned a weight. So if you have an edge rusher that does really well and is getting a ton of pressure, that matters in the real game, right? So that matters in all 22 as well. And you're not just, if you're in an IDP league, oh, well, this, this, he didn't get a sack, but he got a ton of pressure. You kind of get screwed, right? This encompasses the full performance of a player uh, week to week on the field. So think of it as in simplest terms, it's Madden franchise mode 
in a fantasy football format where the user will draft a full team and as if they were their own NFL GM and starting from scratch, right? If the NFL threw every player into a pool and had a draft tomorrow, who would go first? It wouldn't be Jonathan Taylor. It would not be Christian McCaffrey. It would be maybe Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, or Patrick Mahomes, right? Same thing applies for our game. So the user, when you sign up for All-22, you really are just being basically placed in the seat of an NFL GM, and you're building a team from scratch, a full roster. You're setting a depth chart, right? Not lineups. Mm -hmm. Lineups are for baseball. Depth charts are for football. You're setting a depth chart every week. You're rolling out 11 starters on offense, 11 starters on defense, a kicker and a punter. And based on the totality of their performance, you are seeing who wins, you know, week to week. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, fully encompassing uh, GM-like experience in a fantasy football format. Uh, we're super excited for it. It's really, it's our first season uh, going live. The response has been incredible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind and we, we just can't wait for kickoff Thursday night. Yeah, no kidding. Especially when you have uh, something as cool as that. All-22.com is where you can get more information. And, and I love it. I, you know, we try to do the exact same thing. We, you know, a 58-round draft is how we started. It lasted I think it still might be going. I'm not sure. It was crazy. Uh, but it's the ultimate. It gives you the ultimate feeling of, of what running a franchise is and the, the, the work that goes into it and the, the cap restrictions and things like that. And on the video, and people can see that on the screen if they go to the, the website, I like how you guys give some examples of, uh, you know, an example of a quarterback getting, you know, a bad play. Uh, when it comes to fantasy stats, when it was actually the receiver's fault or the the cornerback made a great play. And so, you know, we've seen this a lot. It's not how, it's it's how many. But sometimes how is important because, you know, the quarterback does absolutely nothing wrong and he gets the minus. Exactly. I think we've we've all been, been screwed by that, right? You're watching a game, whether it's an interception that bounces off a receiver's hand, or if you're in an IDP league and you have a corner that's playing fantastic, not giving up any catches or yards or anything, but because the opposing offense is not targeting him, it's a big fat zero. It's almost useless, right, in, in an IDP. Um, so we want to encompass that. Uh, that totality of a corner's performance and, and, you know, all players on the field. So it's not just an arbitrary, oh, you got screwed. Sorry, you lost two mm -hmm. points on the pick there. Um, or, you know, you just have a, a goal line back or something. Or your tight end did nothing, but he caught a two-yard pass in the flat at the goal line. So now all of a sudden he's got, uh, you know, seven PPR points or something like that. And he does better than someone who's, uh, you know, actually gotten four catches for 40 yards or something like that. Right. So uh, we want to make it again, a true sort of measure of performance and impact of every player on the field. The amount of work that must have gone into this. How long have you guys been working on this? Yeah, so we've been working on this for about seven years now, uh, actually, going back. So if you recall, I may be the only person on the planet, maybe, who had Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson on his fantasy team in 2015 and not only didn't win their league, but didn't even make the playoffs, right? <laughs> uh, and so we, you know, myself and my, my two co-founders here, we were part of a dynasty league, and we were just trying to figure out how to make it better and more realistic. And Blake Bortles being a league winner and being the reason for your team being in a championship is just not realistic, right? It never was, never has been, never will be. And so we just said, okay, well, how do we, how do we eliminate that, right? How do we eliminate that sort of arbitrary garbage time, just 
you know, fluff essentially. Right. And we just kind of went down this road of, okay, well now, now that we did that, how do we include offensive linemen? They're so important in the game of football. Mm -hmm. They should be in fantasy as well. Right. And so we eventually went down this road and uh, yeah, seven years later and here we are and, you know, working with PFF to make that happen. And uh, yeah, like I said, two, two nights now from kickoff. So it's, it's super exciting and uh, a lot of hard work and, and time has been put into it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I implore people to check out the website, uh, all-22.com. Uh, certainly uh, takes fantasy to the next level, and that's what we try to do. And I love it. I love that fantasy is involving, evolving, rather. You know, like, I, I, I don't know if you play any other sports, but football is the only sport where weekly leagues work. I mean, baseball and hockey or basketball in a weekly league, that's the dumbest thing ever. So I'm so glad that fantasy is evolving from what it was to, to what it can be now and we have choices. And this is a, another great choice because I'll tell you, I... Uh, I, I watch fantasy in all sports based on my... Or I watch sports in all sports based on who I have on my fantasy teams now, as opposed to who my favorite team is. Yeah. Well, now you're going to have to pay attention to the uh, big uglies on your TV on yeah. Sunday too. You're going to be paying attention to that left guard, seeing if he's picking up stunts properly, giving up pressures. Uh, you know, you're going to be in your draft hoping you don't get sniped, right? Someone sniping a left guard from you, which has never happened before in fantasy before now. Right. Um, it's just so much more to, to, to take in and, and it just makes it all that all the more exciting, right? If <laughs> late in the season you're like I said, you're keying in on uh, whoever, right? Uh, a left tackle, Lane Johnson, uh, to see if he's performing well because you know that that when that grade comes out, that's the difference between making the playoffs in your fantasy league or not. Which in the real game, the play of your offensive line could be the difference between yeah. making the playoffs and going home. So again, why not in fantasy? And so now here it is. Tom Brady's going to find that out this year, possibly. <laughs> And, yeah, and, that's, fantasy <laughs> and fantasy owners. And fantasy owners, for sure. Uh, Ray, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for giving me some time. Uh, I'd love to have uh, you guys back on again and uh, chat fantasy football throughout the season. Uh, are you guys ex planning to expand past any other sports, or are you working on football right now and then go from there? Football is the main one, but yes, we definitely have plans in the future for, for other sports as well. Definitely taking the time to, to master and nurture football first, right? And then uh, perhaps college and then sort of roll out to other sports from there too, because as you kind of touched on right at the start there, college football this past weekend was crazy too, and we, we love ourselves some college football, so we want to include that as well. Perfect. Thanks so much, Ray, and best of luck with it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dean. Take care. You bet. Take care. There's uh, Ray Cotto. Uh, you can check it out, all-22.com. Uh, kind of like what we're doing, but different scoring systems, obviously. And, and like I said, I just love that fantasy sports in general uh, are evolving to the point where we don't have to set our lineups on Monday and then not look again because that's the like that's the reason I quit my one hockey league. I'm like, I'm tired. Uh, and it was during COVID and games get canceled. It was just a gong show. Never again will I play in a weekly league unless it's football. So that is, uh, that's my rant for today. That's my fantasy football rant. Do not ever play, or fantasy sports rant. Do not ever play in a weekly league. They're not fun. You just set your lineup and you don't do anything. And for the people that say, oh, there's no skill in a daily lineup, you just start the guys. Obviously, your team sucks then if you have no choices. Sorry. If you say that you have easy choices all the time, your team is not good enough. Because you should have choices when you're in daily fantasy uh, for, for multiple position guys and things like that. 
So there you go. All right, we're going to dive into the Carolina Hurricanes team preview presented by Dauber Hockey when we come back here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Twenty-five Eastern Time on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Thanks for tuning in on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network here on Twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports. I appreciate Ray Cotto from All22 joining us. All-22.com. And we had Derek Van Deest on the show uh, earlier as well. My name is Dean Millard. We are here Monday through Friday it's 4 till uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, also, uh, I just threw up a um, poll question in the chat. I'm not sure where it is, but it was there. Um, 
Oh, there it is. Who will lead the Carolina Hurricanes in scoring this year? So head on to the message board of our Twitch channel, and you can vote on that. Your choices are Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, Brent Burns, or other. So have your say vote on who will lead the... And if you are saying other, chime in on the uh, message board and tell me who you are picking. As we will now get into our Carolina Hurricanes team preview presented by Dauber Hockey. You can get the Dauber Hockey Fantasy Guide right now. Uh, just head to DauberHockey.com. It is out of sight. We'll show you a little bit of that in a second. But uh, the uh, Hurricanes, I find them always uh, in the mix for playoff spots, comp competitive. What they don't do is give out a lot of really long contracts. Like they let Dougie Hamilton walk. Unless you're going to be young and with them for a long time, they're not paying you. Now, they might trade for some contracts like they did with Brett Burns, but they don't sign a lot of contracts. Right now, Aho leading the way and other. That's a tie, actually. 50% voting for Aho, 50% voting for other. So if you do pick other, uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, who will lead them in scoring. Uh, please throw down who it is uh, that you are indeed picking. Just getting the... Uh, just trying to find that Hurricanes uh, thing that we have up here. Sorry. There we go. Uh, okay, so uh, the top three fantasy players uh, for me when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes, the first two are, are I think, uh, you know, easy enough. Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, I think they were 1-2 in scoring last year. And I went with Brent Burns as the number three guy. Uh, you know, they, they picked him up. I think Brent Burns is going to be excellent on their power play. And I think you you might see a resurgence in Brent Burns in the offense this year. Uh, by the way, if you're watching our channel and the ads pop up and you do not like it, you can get this channel ad-free. Just grab a full subscription and boom, you're in the mix. Ad-free, no more commercials. You don't miss anything here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. So if you want to go ad-free, just get a full subscription, and you get no more commercials here on Twitch. Oh, Svechnikov getting a vote now as well. So Aho, Svechnikov, and other are uh, the choices right now to lead the Hurricanes in scoring. You can uh, chime in on our Twitch chat very easily. Uh, just uh, log in, and boom. You are in the mix. So we're talking about the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Sebastian Ajo, Svechnikov, and Brent Burns are the three guys I'm going with that I think are going to be the three offensive stars, let's say. Ajo at 50% now leading the vote. The breakout candidate... I'm going with Jesperi Kotkaniemi, the guy they threw the offer sheet out when it came to the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, obviously a guy who is, you know, 
taking his time a little bit. There's a lot of great players ahead of Kotkaniemi. On the depth chart. I mean, this depth chart has him on the fourth line with Jordan Martinuk. I like Jordan Martinuk. His jersey is right behind me. Right there. That's the Martinuk whale. But if Jesperi Kotkaniemi is going to break out, he can't be on the fourth line. The fourth line? Child, please. You cannot do that to Jesperi Kotkaniemi. That's my breakout player. Let's check out what uh, Dauber Hockey has for some Carolina Hurricanes lines. So they have Tervainen, Aho, and Seth Jarvis. Uh, Svechnikov with Kotkaniemi and Martin Nekash. So that's a better spot for Kotkaniemi. Jordan Stahl, Mr. Reliable with Andre Kosh and Jesper Fast. Ryan Dezingle, Jack Drury, and Jordan Martinuk. See, that's a, I, I like that lineup. Certainly a lot better than Kotkaniemi on the fourth line. Burns and Slavin, that's going to be, you know what? For Brent Burns, this is going to be like playing with uh, Mark Edward Vlaxik. That's what that's going to be like. Reliable, steady, defenseman. Impressive. And when we go back to the graphic that we have for the uh, breakout player I mentioned, Kotkaniemi, I got Jake Gardner as my sleeper. Now, I'm sure the Royals and, and Arnie Entz would like Jake Gardner to make a lot less than $4 million. But Jake Gardner is going to, you know, Brent Burns is going to be the majority of the guy, especially on the playoffs. But Gardner could chip in. You know, I think they got him on like the fourth line or the third pairing or something. Oh, right now, Aho, 60% of the vote, Smetchikov, 20, and other 20. Again, if you're voting somebody else than the three names on there, please throw it down in the message board. Would love uh, to find out who the others are uh, that people are voting. So that's our uh, team preview. Of course, the goaltending is the one of the biggest question marks for this franchise. Freddie Anderson uh, hurt at the absolute worst time last year. They have all, everybody's favorite Uncle Auntie Ranta as a backup. Uh, but if Freddie Anderson is healthy, this is a good team. Now, we, we've talked a lot about uh, some teams that, aren't going to be good in the NHL, but will produce fantasy players. This is a franchise, a team, a, an organization that's going to do both. You're, you're going to see a Carolina Hurricanes team that, I don't know, why can't they challenge for a division? I don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to challenge for a division for Carolina. Obviously, things some things have to go right. They're, but if Randy Anderson is healthy, I like this team. I like what they're building. I like the addition of Brent Burns. Larry said, I voted Svetch. Big year coming for the strong island forward. Yeah, and he had a good year last year as well. 
I think he led them in scoring last year, actually. Oh, Aho, sorry, Aho led them in scoring. Svechnikov had 69 points, but he had 30 goals. So a couple of 30-goal scorers. And then don't forget about Tuvo Teravainen. So they replaced Tony D'Angelo with Brent Burns. Great locker room guy. I like the Hurricanes this year for making the playoffs. And, you know, I think you can go fairly deep with, uh, you know, what their, their roster might be. Once again, let's check out what Dauber Hockey has for this Carolina Hurricanes lineup. I like, I, I, that's, a, that's a good lineup. You've got some skill, but also smart, steady players in your bottom six. Martinuk, Stahl, Ryan Dezingle. Nason has some physicality. If you're, you know, throwing other guys in the lineup. And you've got some really skill up front. I, I think the two things that are going to factor in the most are, can Jesper Kotkinenemi get it going? And can Freddie Anderson hold up? Larry, Dauber Hockey agrees with you. They have Svechnikov putting up 82 points. Sebastian Ajo has 84 points, though. So that would be a big year for Svechnikov, uh, for sure, if he could reach that. And, and on the back end, obviously, you've got Slavin and Burns. Like I said, that's basically Vlasic light. Maybe, maybe even more offense. Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. And then Jake Gardner and, and does Ethan Bear fit back into that lineup? Like that's an offensively mobile blue line. You know, your top pairing predicted to get 45 and 48 points, 17 goals. Your second pairing... You got him over 50 points and 15 goals. And then their third pairing, you got him over 40 points. You got 10 goals. That's a ton of offense being predicted by Dauber Hockey for the Carolina Hurricanes. That means that this is a deep team for fantasy. Yeah, depending on how your strategy is, do you like to pick a team and go after them? I do. I like to, like we just we just talked about in our, our top three, wide receiver quarterback stacks. I like stacking players from the same team. I got a bunch of guys from Vegas, or a bunch of guys from Pittsburgh this year. I have a couple of Vegas guys. I think it's, you know, it can backfire, certainly if the team struggles. Like last year, if you went with Vegas, you would have been in big trouble. Big trouble because they obviously struggled. But this is a Carolina Hurricanes team that looks like if these predictions come through, going to be very offensive when it comes to fantasy sports. I think that's awesome. Oh, by the way, you got to check this out. Head to uffsports.com and check out the Bracket Challenge. We're into the final. So, the Stingrays took out the Warriors. And the Black Bears took out the Sparrows. 
So can you believe this? The Stingrays are taking on the Black Bears in the final. And both of those franchises are owned by the same person. Arlo Schultz having a day. Wow. The Stingrays and the Black Bears. So you can head to uffsports.com and you can vote on it. And you can actually win some cool stuff just for voting. Uh, So check that out at uffsports.com. You can find out all the details right there. Uh, We're into the final now. uh, So you can find out exactly how you can get in that. And there you go. Larry says, I like that 82-point prediction for Svetch. That's ballpark what I was envisioning. Yeah, you get a couple of guys with 80 points. Like, listen, they don't have the flashy 100, 115, 125-point guys. But you look at their depth and their roster – There's a lot of points being predicted all throughout that roster. So it's very, very cool indeed. Speaking of cool, I'm going to duck out for a commercial break. We're going to come back with games to watch and more. But while we're away, check out this amazing Ultimate Crypto Driving Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season-long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. Seeing this as live as we are, Matthew Wolf on the team. (laughs) That's the Wolf Bank. The Howls. Where's this going? Into the hole, that's where. A first ace in live golf history. Matthew Wolf flying high for the High Flyers. What a moment for him, and what a moment for the gallery and for live golf. I love the wolf howls. Look at the reactions here behind him. He's loving it. He's loving it. Well, we've come close a few times in previous events. Graham McDowell was less than a foot away on a par three in Bedminster. But Matthew Wolf, you're seeing this. Very impressive. Um... This is, Billy Horschel was uh, pretty blunt today, um, hitting out at, quote, hypocritical live golf members in action at the PGA Championship, the BMW PGA Championship. Horschel says, quote, the Abraham Answers, the Taylor Gooches, the Jason Corcracks, you've never played this tournament. You've never supported the DP World Tour. Why are you here? You are here for one reason only, and that's to try and get world ranking points because you don't have it. And he went on to say, I know 
some of those players regret listening to their agents. All right. The war continues. You know, Cameron Smith, the latest uh, to join Live Golf and that tour. As I've said all along, I just want a Live Tour against a PGA Tour at some point. That's what I want. So you saw that uh, video we played during the commercial break, VR Racing. It's the ultimate crypto championship. Uh, it's crypto-centric professional sim racing. There's a league. The primary goal is to provide an effective marketing tool for crypto projects to get noticed. That can be very expensive with questionable results. VR1 Racing provides a year-long entertaining platform that gives projects ongoing exposure. Full broadcast on Twitch and YouTube, metaverse watch parties, design contests, and more. Really, really solid marketing opportunity. More details at uffsports.com slash VR1. Uh, so check that out uh, when you have a second. It is uh, definitely going to be awesome. It's going to change quite a bit uh, when it comes to uh, sponsorship and advertising and promotion and all sorts of uh, fun stuff like that. All right, uh, let's take a uh, sorry about that. Let's take a look back at our uh, question of the day: Who is the greatest second generation athlete? Uh, the son or daughter of a professional athlete. Who is the greatest second-generation son or daughter of a pro? I went with Brett Hall and Ken Griffey Jr. There's a ton of uh, choices out there, though. So chime in on the uh, Twitch message board or wherever you are on Twitter, at Duck Millard, at UFS Network. Wise Guys Prospect says, my favorite of all Arlo's branding is the skates from UFAHL. Larry says, sounds rigged. Arlo under investigation for ballot stuffing. At minimum, he bought some votes with the score coin. Funny stuff. A skate 8C brand is uh, wicked. I think the best brand is the Truculent Owls. It's, uh, it's so great, and it looks very much like Brian Burke. As an owl. So I like that. So chime in. Greatest second generation athlete. Son or daughter of a professional athlete. Also our top three today. Quarterback wide receiver stacks. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to go away from the number one team there in Buffalo. Uh, the rest can be debated though. And it was good. Ray Cotto brought up some good examples. So if you missed that, check out that interview. Uh, it'll be up on our YouTube page uh, later and in audio format if uh, you prefer that sort of thing. Uh, we also told you about some uh, Major League Baseball news. This is tough. Justin Verlander likely not ready for September 13th. Uh, that's next Tuesday. A week from now, he was supposed to come back. The Macaws don't need him because they're not going to make the playoffs in UFLB, but the Macaws need him healthy because he's going to be a high pick in uh, the playoff draft. Good news for Wander Franco and the Tampa Bay Rays, though. He could be activated in return on Monday. A little uh, rehab stint uh, this weekend for uh, Wander Franco. The Blue Jays trying to hold off Baltimore 
They're getting right-handed pitcher Julian Merriweather back uh, in the bullpen, so that helps out. And the Cardinals are getting Jack Flaherty, who was out with shoulder uh, discomfort. The Dallas Keuchel experiment is over in Texas. The Rangers have released Dallas Keuchel, and the Boston Red Sox have signed Kike Hernandez to a one-year deal, keeping him in free agents, uh, keeping him away from free agency. Oh, by the way, yesterday we were talking about this with uh, Jamie Thomas a little bit, and in the uh, the AP Top Twenty Five now, and we said it: Georgia is number two. Uh, Oregon falls out, and I'm guessing Ohio State was bumped to number three. Yeah. So it's funny. Georgia got 17 first-place votes, actually. That's a lot for one game. Does that not seem like a bit of an overreaction? They Everybody was worried about everybody they were going to lose to the NFL draft. They don't look different, and now they're number two. Now, Alabama still heavily in front but we'll see I don't see anybody taking Alabama down at all at this point of the season but we shall see Uh, we talked about some uh, NFL sleepers today as well on the show to help you out if you're looking to you know stash some guys or possibly you've got a draft that is right before the season uh, Michael Gallup, the guy at the bottom, he's not going to play for a couple of weeks, but we talked with Michael Cotto about that. C.D. Lamb could be the go-to guy, as you know, obviously probably is going to be the go-to guy. But, at you know, the first little while in my work, Gallup could come back at the exact right time to take away some coverage and obviously uh, get some points. So you might want to have, you know, if you have Dak or, or uh, C.D. Lamb, you might want to grab both of these guys if you can. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, another running back that if you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you should want to have this guy as well. Just simply because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to get banged up at some point. Drake London from the Falcons. David Njoku, he's a he's going to be a really popular one, really really popular. Yeah, Andy McNamara, our one of our football gurus, he's a Browns fan, but he absolutely loves one. Christian Kirk with the Jaguars, as well. Okay, top shelf fantasy performers from last night, and man, yesterday was a really fun day of baseball to watch. And, you know, depending on what team you cheer for. But, you know, the Dodgers are my favorite team. They're so far ahead. It doesn't matter for me. I know they're going to make the playoffs. I, I want them to be healthy. But the drama is all over the place in Major League Baseball right now. Bo Bichette, what a night. Spencer Strider had a 27-point night with 16 strikeouts for the Atlanta Braves last week. And Bo Bichette puts up 27 points yesterday. Now, it was a doubleheader, but he did most of his damage. The three home runs in one game. Six for 10 in both games, three home runs, three runs, seven RBIs he drives in, and an OPS of 2.10. 
That is huge. He's hot. He is hot. Keep feeding that guy. Yeah, get get that guy up to bat. Like try try and sneak him up to bat when somebody else is supposed to go up. He is red hot. Lance Lynn of the Chicago White Sox, and actually Bo Bichette, huge for Northern Fury to try and catch Prairie White Sox, Wheat Sox, rather. And this is cool. Lance Lynn plays for the White Sox and the Prairie Wheat Sox in UFLB. And the White Sox and Wheat Sox starter picked up 27 points last night. Seven innings gets the quality start because he didn't give up an earned run. The win... And 11 strikeouts. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Now the Wheat Sox can dig that. And then a double shot for the Reapers. Phil Beavis loving Mr. Shohei. Otani picks up 17 points. Just a batter last night. Three for five. Two home runs. Three RBIs. And three runs driven in 2.60 OPS and he wasn't pitching or else it would have been more Dynamite. the Reapers did get a good pitching performance though from Jose Suarez and so did the Angels 17 point nighter that's big Huge. That's huge. 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 The Reapers pitcher goes seven strong, gets the quality start and the win, zero earned runs, and struck out seven. So the Reapers loving that one. Uh, Both their guys end up in the fantasy, top shelf fantasy night performances. But Bo Bichette, the big man on campus, 27-point night for Bo. It was a doubleheader, a couple of doubleheaders yesterday. Uh, But that's impressive. That is very, very impressive stuff. So, what are we looking at tonight in Major League Baseball? The Mets and Pirates are going to try to get at it. They were postponed yesterday. Obviously, you're if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're going to be watching what the Blue Jays are doing. Twins and Yankees is postponed. That's unfortunate. So we don't get to see Aaron Judge. He's at 54. Judge did hit a home run last night. It was wild in that Twins game yesterday. Marwin Gonzalez hit a home run for the Yankees. First guy anybody in five games scored a run not named Aaron Judge. So it's unfortunate that we're not going to see the Yankees tonight because uh, that is postponed. But you also got quarterfinal action uh, going on at the U.S. Open. So lots of fun stuff to check out tonight. Uh, do uh, Do some more research. Pick up those sleepers. Get your fantasy roster lined up and get ready for Thursday night football.
just a couple of days away. So tomorrow we're going to take a look at things from the Buffalo Bills uh, point of view, uh, right off the top of the show. Thursday, Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender, now with Daily Faceoff, is going to join the show. And we'll see what else we can get up to. Uh, would love to uh, have, have your suggestions, what you'd like to see on the show, different sort of uh, things like that. Oh, first time chat from Big Grumps. Uh, I need some help. In my flex spot, do I play Darnell Mooney or A.J. Dillon or Chris Godwin if he plays? Well, I like Godwin, uh, but Dillon is probably the safest. So that's what I'm going to go with there. Um, Godwin, if healthy, uh, you know, obviously you've got some good quarterback help, but certainly uh, I think A.J. Dillon might be uh, the safe bet if Godwin isn't there. So big grumps. Thanks for chiming in. Love when newcomers join the program. I absolutely love it. Uh, So big grumps. Appreciate you chiming in, asking that question. And I hope you uh, join us again another day. We're here Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern from the marsh, just outside of Edmonton. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back uh, right here tomorrow with another episode. As mentioned, we're going to take a look at the Buffalo Bills tomorrow, and maybe we'll take a look at the Rams on Thursday. Andy McNamara will join us on Thursday to preview that one as well. Have yourself a wonderful day, is it? Tuesday evening. We'll see you again here on Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.